You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, 84 episodes in Season 2. And this is the Season 2 finale as the New York Rangers season starts next week against the Washington Capitals. So this will be the end of, I, I would say, an era where the Rangers have kind of started the rebuild. We saw, we saw that through Andy, and now we are entering a season where there are expectations. There There is playoffs on the line, and the New York Rangers are, are ready to win right now and, and be competitive. So, you know, it was a great season, Andy. We was a roller coaster ride to say the least and uh it was a pleasure doing season two with you and i'm very excited for the start of season three next week so i have to ask you andy how are you doing i'm excited uh right before we we clicked record on this we got some news about the rangers which we're going to talk about but like you said it does kind of feel like this uh at least for this podcast and also for the rangers with the news that came out today and what we've seen in the preseason and all the moves that uh, Chris Drury has and the Rangers front office have made over the summer. The transition is officially over. Uh, the news today almost cements that, which we'll get into. And we're, this team is ready to rock and we're ready to rock on season three of, the, of this podcast. And it's funny because it, when we started this podcast, the Rangers were just getting into almost just really starting to see the fruits of the, their labor in terms of turning this t- roster over, trading the Ryan McDonough's, the Matt Zuccarello's, the retirements of uh, Henrik Lundqvist and, you know, just some stalwarts like Girardi and, and Stahl leaving for for other places and greener pastures. It's, yeah, it, it feels like, just like you said, the excuses are over. The work has been done. This is the group they're going to war with and uh they've done their best to to you know suit up and just uh to refill their artillery and this is it so uh, i think it's fitting that this is the finale of our season two of our podcast and i'm obviously so excited for the season and for season three of our podcast because uh like you said it's it's the 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 playing field has been set and it just now all lies on them to just kind of live up to the expectation. So excited is really the only word I can use to encapsulate how I'm feeling right now and how I'm feeling about uh, the Rangers next season that starts on Wednesday and uh, season three of our podcast. Yeah. And the news that hit, obviously it's a Sunday morning when we're recording this. I got up early, not early, but I got up to watch the jet game started at nine 30 miserable it's now raining out Sunday morning, you know, scaries are hitting you know, the rain, the jets losing. And then all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone that Mika Zibanejad has been extended eight years. I believe Vince reported that it's around eight and a half million per year. I don't know if that's official yet. I was folding some laundry. I didn't see if I can get an official uh, financial amount. So if it's in that ballpark, Andy, I'm kind of thrilled with that because you saw Barkov sign his extension with the Florida Panthers. So he was kind of off the table. The talks with, I guess, Buffalo Sabres and 
Um, Jack Eichel has kind of stalled a little bit. And you did see some news that the Rangers were willing to work with him in terms of getting him the surgery that he wanted. But the writing was kind of on the wall after the Barkov signing that the New York Rangers needed to do something to lock up Mika Zibanejad to, a, I, I think, a favorable contract uh, for both sides. We can get dive deeper into what that means for the New York Rangers, but what was your initial reaction to the Mika's Benajad uh, uh, extension? Listen, I make no bones about the fact that I love Mika. Uh, he's one of my favorite Rangers. I loved him when he was in Ottawa, and he's a guy I'd always hoped would somehow end up a Ranger. It came to fruition, uh, so I was happy then, and I'm I'm happy now. I mean, the objective. I'm obviously when it comes to his contract, uh, really happy with the AAV. Obviously, I'm not so stoked about the term, but that's kind of what it takes. And I think if you had to suffer somewhere, I think if you're trying to, you have a young core of young, promising players, I think you want, I th- and you think that Zabanajad can at least be the goal scoring phenom that he is right now for at least another four seasons. I think that's what you want. You want the number, the AAV lower than the term. So I doubt and I think Larry even tweeted it out in, after tweeting out the, the details of the contract. He said he pretty, pretty much doubts that the Rangers front office is too concerned about Mika Zibanejad's play in the 2027 uh, season. And, you know, it is. I mean, that's if this doesn't work out, he's going to be out of a job anyway. So it's his job to win. He thinks this is the best. And I do like the fact that they went along with this and, we can maybe in a little later on this podcast speculate if what this means for in terms of Jack Eichel, if he's still a realistic target for the Rangers. But I like that they weren't just going to wait around and they want to lock Meek up. Uh, I know Larry had tweeted some speculative stuff the other day that he was thinking or had a story, at least in the post where he was like the Rangers see Meek as a better player than Jack. I don't know if that's necessarily true, if that was just posturing, but I mean, at least in terms of goals per game for the last three seasons, because Banja has been one of the hottest players in the league. And in terms of his, his higher where he is in the hierarchy of centers in this league, I think he's middling uh, probably because he does, although he doesn't really drive on ice play as well. He is a, a pure finisher and he can score goals with, and he, that's what win games. So, and as long as you put him with good complimentary players who can maybe insulate him uh, at least in terms of some of his five on five results, uh, I think he will be good. And I actually think Gallant will make him a better center than he is currently. I think the system will benefit him and his results overall underlying results will be better. So that's how I feel about Mika. And obviously after the number for the Barkov contract came out, everyone was afraid because that's Barkov getting, you know, that, that amount of AAV in a place that has tax incentive. So everyone was like, Oh shit, Mika's going to want like nine to 10, you know, whatever, nine plus million dollars, you know, and to get him under that's valuable. And I, I do wonder if something was intimated to him. You know, obviously Mika wants to be here. He clearly likes it better here than he liked it in Ottawa. He's between his love of music and uh, just being a European guy and being able to fly back to Sweden. And I just, I, he loves being a Ranger. You can tell. And even though he's a quiet, more reserved character, he clearly loves being in New York and he loves being a Ranger. His game blossomed here. He's really become a leader on this team. And, I don't know if this contract now puts him in the running or consideration for the captaincy. Uh, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's already been intimated to him that that's part of if you sign, we will give this to you. I don't know. But it. I think it bodes well. And I think he knows that this team looks ready to to take some steps forward. I mean, even just going off of last night, which was just a preseason game, it you, you have to be happy with what they have depth wise coming up and just young players coming behind him. So I think felt like he felt like this is where he wants to be and him and his agent who happens to be his brother, they made it happen. So you thought that Mika was, you know, especially considering his, the last contract negotiations they had with him and his agent uh, were, yeah, they were a little, there was a back and forth and it was a little harder to hammer out. But the fact that they got this done kind of really just intimates to me that Mika really does want to be here. And he was actually willing. He's like, if you keep me around for long, I'll keep this number down. And that way we can have more, you know, money to to spend when we're trying to chase that elusive Stanley Cup and more money to shell out to the other players because Adam Fox is going to need a, a high, you know, a big ticket contract. 
probably more than Mika in the you know nine plus million dollars, and Cock, uh, Kako eventually, and Lafreniere eventually. So it's you know it's they need they they need all the, the the money they can get, and to get Mika locked in at least at that number, even if it's for a long time, is huge. So they'll lose players at other positions, and maybe it'll be buyouts or will have to spend first rounders to take to teams that are rebuilding to take some problematic contracts off their books eventually. Cough, cough, Truba, Kreider. But uh, yeah, I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy Mika's here. And uh, it's nice to not have this hanging over you. So hopefully that leads him to be more comfortable during the regular season and do what he does best, which is uh, score awesome goals. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with everything that you say. I think the Rangers are in a good position with this contract. The one thing that scares me, and I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans out there, is that, you know, can Mika stay healthy? Is he going to be able to contribute 82 games a season? Now, if he misses a couple games here and there, that's fine. But we can't afford to lose him for 30-plus games because, you know, of a muscle strain or just, you know, all the kind of fluky injuries that could happen throughout the season. Mika seems to, you know, be one of those guys that is a little bit injury-prone and, That scares me. But if you look at, you know, Mika's stats since he got here, he's kind of been in an uptrend, right? He's been better every single year, maybe not last year with the pandemic, but, you know, you kind of have to give him a pass considering he came into the season just after having COVID. The effects of COVID are obviously, you know, real enough where it does affect people differently. And certainly you've seen professional athletes just have off- you know, just off years where they just don't seem to be themselves. And, you know, the game of hockey is so dynamic and so quick that, you know, if you struggle with lung capacity and just breathing issues, it's, it's a miserable game to be playing and you cannot play it at a high level. I don't care who you are. And I don't know for sure if that's what happened to Mika, but it's a little odd that he had his worst performance as a New York Ranger weeks after having, you know, COVID and, you know, for someone that has had it, and I certainly felt the, the issues of, of my lung capacity being shot. So, uh, there's no reason why Mika would be any different. Uh, and it's unfortunate that he had to go through that, but towards the end of the season, you kind of saw him figure things out, you know, get his, you know, skating ability back. He was that dynamic player that was creating, you know, scoring opportunities and, you know, being able to finish and score goals. And, and, you know, I'm sure, along with his, you know, physical ailments from COVID, his confidence was lacking. You know, it's probably frustrating because he probably did feel healthy. It's just that there are lingering effects. There's damage that needs to heal. And it's not something that's going to take a couple weeks. It's something that could take up to a year. And, you know, to be a pro athlete, you need to be at the top of your, you know, the physical health peak. And Mika just wasn't that last year. But if you look at the trend of Mika with the New York Rangers, he's been better every single year. And, you know, after the the tail end of last season, where he really started to ratchet things up, you know, he finished with 50 points in 56 games after having a miserable start. So that's something to be proud of. And obviously we saw what he did in 19 and 20, you know, 41 goals, 57 games. I think he was number one in the league in, in goals per game. And was up there, right, fighting for, God, uh, most goals, most goals in the regular season. Uh, I forget who he lost out to, but you know there there was an opportunity for for him to leapfrog those players if they ended up finishing that season uh, with COVID, uh, basically putting the season, cutting the season short. So there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot to look at with Mika Zibanejad, and you know, health wise, I'm confident that he'll be fine. I really am. I think. The way the Rangers are built right now with a more balanced NHL ready lineup, I really do think it'll take some of the pressure off. He doesn't need to be playing crazy minutes. He can concentrate on being that dynamic shooter and on the power play, rack up most of his, you know, uh, most of his points on, on the power play. And, you know, he doesn't have to, he's not relied upon to kill penalties. There's kind of a, a, a deeper, sense of this team where we don't really rely on one player and obviously you need your stars to be stars in this league but you also need you know your third and fourth line to contribute on nights where your first two lines just don't have it and i see that more with this team than i have in the past four seasons so there's a lot to be excited about locking up mika is huge i think there's no reason to doubt that his performances will suffer 
So, you know, everything is good on the Rangers end. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really just leaves one question, Andy, like, what are the odds now? I know we spoke about this for the last couple of podcasts, but what are the odds now that they make Mika Zibanejad captain of this hockey team? Much higher. And we spoke about it on last podcast after the Rangers win that preseason game at home. Mika is one of the stars. The audience is chanting, uh, you know, make him captain, clap, 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 you know, and they acknowledge it on the MSG broadcast. Then during last night's preseason game, they play a package all with all the Rangers players, you know, his teammates praising Zibanejad. And I, they've done that for a few people, but they specifically, it seems edited to bring up his leadership. You know, it strikes me as maybe they know something we don't know, but uh, I just think it just, I think a lot of it is about feeling good. And now that you know, he's going to be here, you know, Truba, I think by now the Rangers organization has enough sense to sense that Jacob Truba we didn't know we would have Adam Fox and he would be our number one guy. We thought it was going to be Truba. We've seen Truba have his struggles since he's got here and up and down. I think they're smart enough to say, me, you know, maybe this isn't the guy. Even if in the locker room, fan perception is really important. And people always talk about how overblown the captaincy is and that you need 23 guys in the room. And that's very true. But that being said, I think the C kind of represents. It's, I mean, it's at least for the image of your team. I mean, there is a big. I'll say this, there is a big marketing component to it, right? And no offense to Jacob Truba, but when you send your, you you know, for selling jerseys and t-shirts and being the face of your team and, you know, I, Jacob Truba doesn't, doesn't stick out as a marquee player. Zibanejad is a marquee player. And if he is a, you know, and even Kreider, who you could say he's maybe a marquee player just because he's been with the Rangers for so long, but he doesn't pop like Zibanejad. The guy's a, you know, perennial close to 40 goal score has sick flow is a DJ is youngish. You know what I mean? It's just, it just, I don't know. It just checks more boxes overall. He's still a leader. I think clearly the players and teams still look up to him and what he does on the ice and his goal scoring. And, you know, so gotten he's, his game blossomed here. There's a better feeling around it. It just seems more organic, right? It's no one was really clamoring for Kreider to be captain. And the fact that now there has to be all this like silent retconning, of like, oh, well, you know, Chris is actually actually a very good leader because he was the young guy in this team and all of a sudden he found himself as the the old guy. Meanwhile, you and I and the fan base has just been for the last few years, let's make Mika captain. He's breaking out. It's like he's continuing to break out, make him captain. He he had COVID, then he came back with a vengeance, and now he's fine. Now he's scoring goals, you know, uh, left and right. Just make him captain. So it just feels right, feels organic, and I just don't overthink it. I just think it would make the fan base happy. It'd have a good feeling going into into the, you know, into next season and into the next phase of their, I just, yeah. And I, him being younger, I think it's smarter to put it on him than Truba or Kreider, whose game could all of a sudden fall off a cliff. So I hope, I hope they make it him. But again, I'm not going to put, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not dumb enough to put money down on it. Cause you know, who knows? Yeah. I, the part of me though, and I said this before, you know, I really thought it was going to be Chris Kreider going into this season up to this point, because there were no talks of, you know, Zibanejad and New York Rangers being close on a, an extension deal. And, you know, Rangers were really looking at Jack Eichel. You know, that was very serious. The talks obviously were there. Um, and then there was even rumors that the Rangers could be, you know, branching out and, and thinking about making a move to bring Barkov in. And, and maybe he was the guy that they were going to bring in after this year to be their number one center if, you know, if Mika and them couldn't, come up with terms so you know looking at the captaincy right now and and now that it's it's vacant and mika is extended here i mean it's a no-brainer and not not chris Kreider, but a part of me feels like the captaincy needs to be organic and it can't be forced and a player can't be in his fifth year and kind of transform his game to be a captain i think it's something that comes natural to some of these players and you either have it or you don't and I look at, you know, Panarin. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the National Hockey League. Yes, he's the Rangers' best player. Yes, he's one of the more gifted players to ever put on a New York Rangers uniform. Is he a New York Rangers captain? I don't think so. I really don't. And But if you look at Mika and just the style of which he plays, being so dynamic, he's electric. When he scores, the building just lights up more than I, I think anyone else. And that's 
that's a lot. You know, that's a lot to say about a player that's been here for five years, who's gradually gotten better. And I think is in his prime. And, you know, you just want that guy, you know, to be dynamic. You want him to stand out. And that's exactly what the Rangers have with Mika. That's exactly what they need from a captain. Not to knock, you know, Callahan or or McDonough. They they weren't as flashy, right? Callahan was kind of like, you know, the salt of the earth player. I'm going to block shots. And that's great. And that's, you know, Ranger fans love that. They love that gritty play, which is why Captain Callie was a fan favorite. You know, McDonough was kind of like an silent assassin. He didn't have a huge personality. He was just very, very good at his position. I thought he was just one of those guys that brought it every single game, but he wasn't that flashy player that, you know, I think Broadway craves. And having Mika Zibanejad as your captain for the next eight years is is perfect. I, I really can't think of a better player right now because you're not going to bring in anyone else. Like Jack Eichel, I really don't think is going to be a New York Ranger. So now looking at the guys, looking at this team, you either give it to a young kid like Adam Fox or you give it to a player like Mika Zibanejad. And now that Zibanejad has term, Andy, it's just a no-brainer. I think the fans will embrace it and love it. And I really do think Mika will wear it with pride. I think the pressure of him being our goal scorer is already baked into the cake. So I don't, I don't worry about his points performance now with a little bit of pressure wearing the C. So... You know, again, I think putting money on it is a smart, a smart bet. I know you're not, you're not dumb enough because the Rangers have done crazier things, <laughs> they, but they find really creative ways to disappoint me. Almost a guarantee. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, we obviously have more Rangers-related things to talk about, but I do want to ask you really quick: Do you think this ultimately pulls the Rangers out of the Eichel sweepstakes? And if so, where do you think Eichel ends up now? If you had to make a yeah, case. I. Yeah, I well, I kind of said it before. Like, I really don't think the Rangers are going to go for it. I think the Rangers wanted to come off as respectful when they said that they would certainly grant Eichel, you know, uh, freedom to kind of take on the surgery that he needed. But there's just no way you could look at the cost of Jack Eichel, what he would mean to the limiting of the cap space with so many young players that eventually will need to be signed. And now that you have Zibanejad, I think that takes him out of contention for Jack Eichel. And I do think Jack Eichel will be eventually moved. I think he'll end up probably like in an L.A. But I was going to say Anna, Anaheim. I could see him as it, a duck. Or Anaheim. Yeah, I think he'll be in the West. In Buffalo, there's no way they trade him in, within the Eastern Conference. I just don't think they want that narrative. They want him far away where Buffalo fan, fans will probably never see him play again, uh, except on his, uh, you know, road trips to the East. So yeah, I, I think they're out and it's smart to be out. We, we kind of both were very, uh, not, not too thrilled that the Rangers were, you know, one of the front runners to get them. I think they're out. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think they're out. I just, they have to pay too many people and I, there is not a chance in hell that, uh, the Pagulas will let Kevin Adams retain anything on Eichel. I feel they want him off. No, their they're going to be done with him. They're yeah. done with him completely. They don't want any lingering specter of his cap hit or anything, you know? So even if that means taking a bit of a, a bath on him at some point, I think they'll do that, but they would, you know, a, they want him far away from them as possible. So I think training him to Rangers was never very appetizing for them. Uh, and B, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just, uh, the more time goes on, the, the more, I think even if you wanted to say, well, okay, well, we're only going to offer you this. I think a team eventually would be like, all right, you know what? We can beat this offer and we will. So just to get them out of here. So, yeah, I mean, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Minnesota circles back around and is like, you know what? We'll, we'll make an offer because obviously Eichel and Kaprizov as a duo could be pretty damn tantalizing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think outside of Trevor, Trevor Zagris, um, Anaheim is going to need some star power, especially to get him through this next period, which sucks. I feel bad for Jack Eichel because you leave one rebuilding team for another. But, you know, at least you can feel that Anaheim has a history of success in the last, at least as of 10 years ago, and can somewhat be knows what they're doing on their way back there. And as long as they don't give up any of one of Drysdale or, or Zagris, you know, they keep them both. 
they'll give up Sam Steele and Raquel and all these other players or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, they should be happy. So yeah, again, I think, I think you nailed it. He probably ends up out there and yeah, I think it takes the Rangers out of the running. They, they are going to have to pay plenty of other guys, but that's a, that's what they want. They want guys to be so good that they're going to have to say, fuck, how are we going to pay these guys? You know? So they'll make those and they'll make those hard decisions when they come to it, because even, Rangers fans were pissed that they took a bath on the Buchnevich, uh, you know, you know, on Buchne- on the Buchnevich trade with St. Louis. But the more and more you look at Sammy Blay and you say, oh, well, there might be more here than we thought and more potential. And even if maybe he doesn't reach the heights of Buchnevich, maybe he does bring an element that will help this team uh, succeed in ways it couldn't in the future. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper, a deft deflection, or just cleaning up some garbage in front of the net. However they light the lamp, you win. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any hockey game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you big wins with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, you look at our lineup this year, I just feel like it's so different, right? I don't really miss Buchnevich that much. Obviously, he was one of those players that generated a lot of offense for this team, but he struggled to finish at times, you know, the, how many times have we seen Buchnevich go to the bench and just have like a, like a pissed off, like pissed off look that, you know, Oh man, I just blew another chance to score. Or like that was another blown opportunity. I think the Rangers, this is a different team now. I, I really do. I feel like we've made a full transition to bring in like a, a really dynamic lineup. And I'm excited just to get the season underway because I really feel like the theme of this season is not going to be about just winning games. It's going to be, can guys step up and live up to what they're supposed to be? And I think one of the players that we brought up has kind of maybe taken on that role, and that's Philip Petal after a huge performance last night against the New York Islanders scoring a hat trick. You want to see those things. Like that's the, that's the difference between New York Rangers just missing the playoffs or the New York Rangers making the playoffs that's the difference between the Rangers making the playoffs and not winning a round to winning a round is if the players like Heedle and, you know, Sammy Blay and, you know, Vitaly Kraftsoff, if our bottom six shows up and can contribute to some capacity, I really do think the sky's the limit for the Rangers. We're just too, we're just too deep. You know, you, you know, Mika's going to get his points. You know, Panarin's going to get his points. All right. So that's two lines off the board. Now, if Heedle can help drive some offense, Kraftsaw can finish some pucks, you know, Goudreau could, you know, crash the net, tip in pucks from, from the point, you know, and then you have the fourth line where, you know, if Kevin Rooney and Blake can kind of find ways to generate pucks to the net and Ryan Reeves just opening, you know, opening uh, space in the, in the offensive corners for them to come out, puck squirts out, you know, to, you know, Miller and he gets a shot on goal, who knows? And we crash. That's what you want to see from our bottom two lines. And I feel like, we can do that. There's no reason why we can't. And it's just, you know, it's exciting, Andy, you know? Oh. So, so let's get into the Islander game last night with Heedle. And I, I want to hear all your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, obviously happy with the result. Uh, again, uh, even as stoked and as much as I was, you know, playing air guitar and fist pumping, it's, it is the preseason. So you put that little caveat. Uh, but that being said, it was a good sign because it's more less about the team result and more about individual performances. And again, if I asked you who was the throughout the entire preseason, who was the Rangers' best player and it was their best player again last night, who would you say? Well, I I missed some of the game last oh, okay. night, so I can't well, say I'll, who they're. Well, I'll, I, I'll, I'm going to say it kind of looks like it's Kako. That's correct. It was Capo Kako again. He ends up 
he ends up having uh, two points. He could have had more. He didn't get an assist, but he had possession multiple times. He drew multiple penalties. He into to force the the four on three in overtime. He jumps on a loose puck, skates in front of Barzell, so almost beats him in, in a foot race. Although, in fairness, he did have a step on. But Barzell's fast. But then when Barzell tries to close the gap, uses his strength to hold him off, which forces Barzell to try to take the puck away. And he draws a penalty from Barzell and escapes. Then circles the net, possessing the puck, and makes the backhand pass to Philip Heedle, who wires it home for the hat trick to win in overtime. Kako looks like he is possessed on taking the next step. He's a bull on the puck, but he's also bringing it to the net. And you and I have talked about before that when you play a more direct game, it's funny how it tends to open up more chances for you to use your skill. And I think it's kind of like the thing that Adam Fox recognizes that when he threatens to just take a simple shot on goal with his body language, players freeze because they're like, the puck's going to go towards our net. We need to be ready. And then he's like, no, you know, just kidding. I'm going to skate this way. So before we remember his rookie year, he's running along the perimeter. He's trying to do the quick changes and all that. But he wasn't really turning to the net like he was going to attempt to put it through the crease or to take a shot on goal, or he wasn't shooting. So everyone knew that you could just take, just smother him on the boards and take it away. Well, now though, he's feathering backhands, you know, on net. He's taking low shots on goal. He's using his posture to look like he's shooting. And then he's, you know, using his size and his strength and his agility and his newfound speed to possess the puck on the perimeter. And he's bull rushing it to the net multiple times a game. So that's what everyone's getting. They're collapsing now when he enters the zone and now he's got all that space on the, on the side. So the it's clearly is starting to come together for him. He's realizing it. He looks like a man possessed. Can't wait to see what he's going to do. Vitaly Kraftsoff has a, a nice goal on the, on the uh, power play. And this is a game where there was no Panarin. There was no Mika. There was no Kreider. Um, and, you know, uh, Strom makes a and, nice pass, you know, to on the power play, cross ice feet to Kraftsoff. And I thought Kraftsoff was good all night in terms of just using his fast skating and his efficient stride to hound pucks. And that's why I know right now everyone, it's it seems like it's Mika, Kreider, Zaban, or, or Lafreniere, and everyone's kind of obsessed with making that work. I think when it all shakes out, I think I would move Kako up with Lafreniere and Mika just because I think Kako has been quick on pucks and can help that line. And is more of a possession player, whereas I think La, you know Mika's a shooting threat. Lafreniere is more of a playmaking threat, but at the same time, I just think Kako's ability to get in, get pucks, and then get them to his line mates is better than Kreider right now. And I think that's what that line needs because, like I said, Mika is a good pure scorer. He's an okay playmaker, and he's like, eh, he's so so defensively. He's good at takeaways, but his five on five, he gives up a lot of shots on goal. So I just feel like. He Kaka would much more complement that line than Chris Kreider, who is, yes, he can get the puck down low and they can possess it. But in terms of his playmaking ability is, uh, yeah, it's not so high. And Lafreniere has looked much, he looked much better last night, too. You can obviously tell he's skilled. He's got excellent vision. He's a great playmaker. He's good at finding guys. But I mean, he's still developing his game off the puck. He's still a little bit gets lost in coverage sometimes Uh when he should be defending. And there's also times where he's kind of waiting for the game to come to him where Kako realized you can't do that. And I mean, in fairness, Kako has a year on him, so that's going to happen. So Lafreniere very well next year, but they both look more assertive. So I just say it wouldn't surprise me based on what I saw last night, not to be hyperbolic uh, or over presumptuous, but I think when this, as we get towards the tail end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, uh, Kako up on that line with them or Kraftsoff. And anyway, I think Kraftsoff could, in many ways, where Panarin had made comments that him and Strom, he didn't, they liked working with a Colin Blackwell better. I actually think of Vitaly Kraftsoff kind of fits that mold a little bit better anyway, because he gets in on pucks quicker with his skating, but he's also got excellent hands and vision. And I think he's crafty enough to play with those two. He's got a little bit of craftiness to his game. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Kreider does get. Uh, tried on the third line if it's just not working but uh, yeah it just seems which, like which isn't a bad thing like no, it's, it's not, not a bad thing at all you know if you look at the way Kreider plays you know he is one of those guys that should be in the corners banging bodies creating you know the turnovers getting to loose pucks first because he's so big and strong and has that quick burst in the corners uh, you know he should be able to knock someone off the puck have the puck squirt out and be the first person on that and that's what the Rangers need. They need puck possession in the offensive zone. Once they have possession there, 
they're a threat. They really are. And if you look how this lineup is built and you look at, you know, our defensive pairings, you know, obviously, you know, you know, Lindgren and Fox, Fox himself is going to be able to produce offensively and get low shots on goal. Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba, you know, I I really do think Miller is going to take another step in the right direction in terms of, you know, firing pucks low on net and getting more involved in his offensive game. And I think Truba needs to be one of those guys where if, you know, if Miller is ready to step up and join the join in the play, Truba just stay back. There's no reason for you to, you know, get caught and now have to chase, you know, and chase the, you know, the other team going the opposite direction. Truba doesn't have that speed to get back. So, you know, I would really like to see Miller kind of step up and Truba be that guy that plays a little bit further back to cover him. And then, you know, you're going to see, I really do think you're going to see a lot of good things out of Niels this year. And I really hope that, you know, he's able to contribute too. And I, I know their minutes will probably be limited, especially in the beginning of the season. But, you know, I really do think the Rangers are able to contribute every everywhere. And I think that's huge for our forwards. You know, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. And I think it'll help create a little bit more time and space because if your defensemen are a threat, their wingers have to stay a little bit high to keep them covered because, you know, you can't have the puck squirt up and let these guys take, you know, full blown slap shots or, you know, get all their shots through a a clear lane. You know, there's gotta be some sort of, you know, coverage there. So I really do think the Rangers, how they're built right now and having an an offensive defenseman on each of the pairings is going to do wonders to open up time and space for some of the younger guys like Beetle, Kraftsoff and, and Lafreniere. I I think Kako is good enough right now to kind of create his own time and space. You kind of seen that. And, you know, again, defensively, Kako can play on the first line. I don't think he's a liability there. If you're going to go up against the other team's first line, you can't be an all-or-nothing player, and I don't think Kako's that at all. I mean, you saw last year how good he can be defensively, how good he is at reading and knocking down pucks and intercepting passes. I think you're going to see more of that. I don't see why he would take a step back in the wrong direction there. There's nothing nothing for me to say. I'd say there might not be as many turnovers because, honestly, They'll probably have the puck a lot more. And if you have the puck, you can't, uh, you know, you can't be forcing turnovers because you have possession. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the reality of, of this team is that when you have promising players, you're going to eventually lose some of them because there's always going to be odd players out. But I mean, just based on the work they've done the last few seasons, just stocking the cupboard, there's so many young guys that are chomping at the bit and knocking at the door. I mean, even going down where now it's, we have players like Will Cooley and Brennan Othman and Carl Henriksen going back to their respective leaves and they're scoring overtime goals and, you know, penalty shot goals and shootout goals and Brett Berard's tearing it up for uh, Providence already. And, you know, Schneider now and Jones are going to be, and Robertson are all going to be down in Hartford. It's just, it's a good problem to have because it's like, not only is this team ready to win now and relatively young, there's more about coming behind them, you know? So, I mean, you have to, as a Rangers fan, you have to be stoked because it's not, we're so used to having like a win now team, but, and if this doesn't work out, you're going to have to find patch jobs along the way. Whereas the Rangers might even have more diamonds in the rough in their mix and they don't even know it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's an exciting time. It's they're set up. You see what the effects already of having a a more aggressive four check has in the preseason. And as the games have come together, the whole team has got more and more assertive. Look at Julian Gauthier, who is, you know, I mean, and he doesn't get rewarded for it in terms of goals, unfortunately, but who's drawn more penalties than him during the preseason, just bringing the puck to the net. And same thing with Sammy Blay and the Islanders were, they dominated the first 10 minutes of that game last night. And then lo and behold, the Rangers started getting pucks behind them and, Gauthier, they didn't have an answer for the speed of Julian Gauthier, and then it was infectious. You saw the other players start to do it. Heedle was starting to get in faster, and Dryden Hunt was getting in on it, and Sammy Blay is bringing the puck to the net, and Kako's brushing the puck to the net, and lo and behold, the Islanders were a little less aggressive on their, uh, you know, on their recoups, and were a little bit more cautious trying to move the, and a little more haphazard moving the puck because they're like they felt pressure coming. And they turned it over more and the Rangers started feasting on that. And that's, I think the biggest thing is you could see over the course of the game, the young guys were like, oh my God, it's like we're without Panera and Mika and Kreider were playing, uh, 
you know, where we have to carry the mail and play against, you know, Anders Lee and Barzell and Brock Nelson and just the Islanders with most of the regular lineup. And the, you could see the light switch kind of go off like, oh, like if we get in on it, we have time and space and we start making plays. And lo and behold, they did. And he started getting himself set up to be a scorer. And just seeing these light bulbs go off. I mean, you can almost tell already the effect that Gerard Gallant just trusting these kids to do this stuff, as opposed to David Quinn, who would probably make them earn it in some old fashioned dumb way. It's going to pay them dividends. And yes, you get the benefit of them being a year older. So I won't you know, slight him for that. But you know, just them being the only, the only given the young guy, putting the young guys out in, in overtime, that's a good experience for them. You know what I mean? And they deliver. And Phil looked it wasn't great. Like, and they, it wasn't like they were going against, you know, the Islanders AHL team. The Islander had, Islanders pretty much had all of their starters. Yes. And obviously, I will say, listen, it is the preseason. So I will, we'll, we'll make sure we do qualify that. Because again, this Rangers uh, uh, skeleton crew beat the Bruins the other day. That doesn't mean they're, they're better than the Bruins or whatever, or, or even the Islanders. But just individually now having that mental thing is like, I can hang with these guys. I can play with these guys. Kako saying, I can outmuscle their for Barzell in their first line. I can win in the corners. I can go in and make them turn. Like, not just feeling like a passenger waiting for the vets to do stuff and you trying to fit in with them and saying, I can play my game at my pace at the NHL is huge. And you're starting to see that. So, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit, I think, for for this team. And I do hope it just in the Metro, it seems like between some of the early injuries to, to Washington and the Penguins. And uh, I mean, there is a path there for them. You know what I mean? There, we hope Strom's okay. Gallant said he, he thinks it was fine. Cause he, you know, was holding his wrist last night in a collision, I think with Scott Mayfield, but he said it was nothing really to worry about. So you hope it doesn't become like a lingering thing where he says I'm okay, but it's still bothering him. Cause we saw how a wrist injury affected he last season, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're predominantly healthy and they seem to want to really hit the ground running and the expectations are there and guys are locked up. And like I said, I think they can really, this might be the, and they've, they've even talked about they need to get off to a better start because usually they've, the last few seasons, they, they have good pushes late where they figure things out and it clicked for them, but they don't have that benefit this now. But at the same time, they're in the perfect position to just come out of the gate and say, this is who we are now and this is how we're playing now and we're just going to, yeah, we're going to deliver. And even if at a certain point teams kind of wise up to them and they're like, we're not getting blitzed by them. Uh, if you can get any point points you can get in the bank early is good. So hopefully that's seems to be their mentality. Hopefully they can uh, carry through on that. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, you know, injuries, obviously Ryan Reeves, the, you know, we kind of uh, dodged a bullet there. I thought he would be done for weeks, if not over a month, a month and a half, man, that, that looked nasty. What did you make of that whole, you know, PK Subban hit? I mean, I feel like that is normally how PK plays. He's kind of, he, you know, he's very low to the ice. Uh, he uses his lower body to create, you know, his own time and space when he, he's going into the corners. I didn't think it was malicious. Yeah. But it just wasn't a good play. It no, wasn't it, a good luck that's it. Him. Exactly. I don't, and even Galanta, I don't think it was malicious. But again, Subban is the type of guy that does go into scrums and kind of kicks his legs out to like try to get guys to stumble back a little bit. He does that. I've seen him do that all the time. He's got a history of slew foots, accidental and, and non-accidental for that reason. And I just think you have to be in control of your body. And like I said, I don't think, he, especially I know him and, and Reeves are, are, friendly enough you know what i mean so it's like well, they have certainly a certainly re- hope he's friendly enough because i wouldn't well yeah you don't want to catch guy. you don't want to catch a beating for that but I, I i you know even he was like checking on him and was waving over so i don't think he meant it but it's hockey and you have to be responsible for your actions so obviously everyone was blowing smoke up criders but for for going after suban multiple times and setting the tone and listen, I guess kudos on Kreider for like trying to show his teammates this year. I don't care what happens. We're going to be tenacious and stick up for ourselves and good because that's probably you want that mentality. So that's good. But no, I don't think it was malicious. We'll see if if he's good for opening night. Um, you know, I guess worst case scenario, they put Tenorti in there if they feel like, hey, we it's <laughs> this we signed him for to fight Tom Wilson or to protect them against Tom Wilson. And if he's going to be out, they think Tom Wilson's going to do something. Which, again, I hate to even give credence to the whole, like, because I do think it was more than Tom Wilson. I think it was more of the Islanders and just getting pushed around in general, where Tom Wilson was more of, like, uh, 
a microcosm of that or you know the distillation of that that salient point but um yeah we'll see if he plays and especially if he's going to be kind of hobbled out there skating around because uh reeves is slow as molasses as it is so i don't know if they necessarily need a reeves with like a bad ankle out there just to you know to lose minutes just to in case tom wilson wants to do something stupid so we'll see but again luckily between players like morgan barron and dryden hunt they have replacements ready and those guys have shown that they can they can contribute you know what i mean i've really liked dryden hunt's game throughout the preseason Barron actually had a much better game last night. He looked much more settled, um, but it's been up and down for him. So who knows? They might go with, I think they might go with uh, Hunt just because I think he might, uh, he has shown to be more comfortable at the wing, whereas Barron's more of a jack of all trades, mostly centered kind of guy. And, you know, so we'll see. And I really want, you know, I don't know how much you really want to get into this right now, but, you know, I think that it'll be a good discussion for next podcast as we, you know, enter the, you know, the start of the regular season, you know, there the Rangers younger players, you know, I know there are other Ranger fans out there that wanted to see Jones that wanted the Schneider make this team and, and be here. And, and you, you know, you want your draft picks there, especially the early ones to be a part of this team and be a part of the, the NHL roster, but there is so much benefit to have those guys playing in Hartford every single night where they can get big minutes and kind of, you know, develop their game. And, you know, I don't think it's a knock on their performances really in the, in, you know, in the preseason. I think it's more of, well, your time will come. you got to be patient, but we don't want you just to be here to be here. We want you to actually develop. And, you know, it's kind of like you've mentioned before, the mold that Tampa has kind of created where their AHL team is stacked and they have a bunch of guys that are down there and can compete and play and get a ton of minutes and when, you know, the time comes for them to be called up, they're ready to go and they can kind of come into this uh, situation, you know, full steam ahead and not, you know, kind of having to play catch up like, oh, he just spent, you know, the last, you know, two months, he only played three games here. And during those three games, he average ice time of, you know, eight and a half minutes, like that's going to do those players no good. They need to be playing. They need to be playing a ton of minutes. They're young. They can handle it. There's still a lot to learn at that level. I'm sure the coaching Gallant has spoken to the coaching staff of the Wolfpack and said, you know, this is kind of what I want to see. You know, this is the system I'm implementing. Let's see something similar. Let's grow these players together. And, you know, there's got to be communication there. And I'm sure the New York Rangers are, are kind of, you know, still in the process of building that bridge so that when these players time do come, they're ready. And, you know, I'm glad they're sending those guys down. It's a clear message. And I'm sure and I hope, you know, because in the past, it wasn't always like this, that there's a clear, you know, there's a clear message to these players of what the New York Rangers expect from them at the AHL level and their future here as a New York Ranger. That's very beautifully inspiring and well said by you. Um, And just another thing, I just think, the culture of winning as this team starts to get closer and closer, I think it, it just helps them in numerous ways. I think Mika taking a look, you know, less, even though he's got the term, I think him taking less money overall to stay here. You hope that's something that rubs off on some of the players who are up for contracts next and say, look, we're getting close to build being a winner here. And if you want to be part, you can go, you know, if the team would say you can go try your your fortunes out and get money from else, but will you win? I don't know. But if you want to be part of this, like this is the culture we're building here, and hopefully it's stuff like that rub trickles down, right? Um, and yeah, it does seem like, especially after there's been a lot of hemming and hawing over some of the moves Chris Drury has done, but I think they've done a pretty good job in at least establishing what their expectations are and whether you agree it was the best course of action or not. That it's going to everyone's going to have to adhere to it in order to win. And it doesn't, it, again, it doesn't feel so much like a, like a ma- mandate as much as it's like a challenge. It's like, it's like, you can be, you can be a part of this, but you just, this is what we expect of you. And I mean, you have so much depth and guys who could take your job, you know, in the coming seasons, if you don't, if you're not uh, committed to being a net positive on this team. So you have to think all these factors together just will at least lead this team to get better and better and better, especially as the teams around them in the Metro get older and older and older and start hemorrhaging. You know, I think you can already see 
that playing Chara in a second pairing role with Noah Dobson might not, or at giving him penalty kill time might not be come mid mid of the season. I, who knows how that looks? You know what I mean? Cause and I, yes, it's only preseason, but like we, I think Char has been close to the end for a while now. So thinking they can keep getting older and getting Parise and guys that just don't really overwhelm me when I look at their, their raw on ice product anymore. Uh, yeah. I think the Rangers are in the perfect spot to, all these kids taking a step forward at one time, they could be just a, one of the most deadly teams in the Metro. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just rambling because I'm so excited about the potential of this team, especially late last night with that OT winner. I was just, it just kind of felt like much like the Kako's overtime winner in his rookie year with getting fed by Adam Fox, you could see the glimpses of something great. And just this kind of solidifies it with Lafreniere, you know, Kako Fox on the, and Heedle on the ice all together and just, you know, just getting the job done. And if they can get that ju- done without Zabanajad and Kreider and Panarin uh, and even Strom on the ice at that time, like imagine now how, how what they can get done with those guys who have been around the block. So I'm just really excited. Uh, and that's all, probably all I have to say for this podcast. James, do you have anything else to follow up with? No, I mean, I'm extremely excited. And, you know, to wrap on to wrap this podcast up, um, you know, obviously I don't want to get in prediction of predictions of where their New York Rangers will be in terms of standings come this season. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. There's still going to be growing pains. You know, a lot of these younger players still haven't played a full 82 game season where, you know, they go on road trips and lose three or four and just the grind and injuries and just being plagued with the flu and all this type of stuff that comes with a regular NHL season. You know, I really do think that the Rangers right now this year it's all about just consistency, right? You don't ever want to be too high. You never want to be too low. They can just play their game and play it at a level where they can maintain it and not lose any momentum, uh, you know, game in and game out and beat the teams they're supposed to beat and be competitive against the teams that, you know, are at the top of the standings and, you know, just win the games that matter the most, right? Beating the Flyers, beating the Penguins, beating the Capitals, you know, you got to beat those teams in order to make the playoffs. And I really do think that the Rangers are going to be in a good position at the end of the year because they finally have a little bit of structure. You, you finally have leadership behind the bench in Gallant. And, you know, he's coached at the, the highest of NHL levels. He, you know, he's been there. He's done that. He's coached in the playoffs. And we finally have a roster that's kind of filled out. We have four lines that you can trust. There's no more experiments here. And, you know, the New York Rangers are ready to take a huge step forward. And if you're not excited for this season, then you're not really a hockey fan. Well said. Uh, Well, here's to the end of season two and the beginning of season three. It's been a fun ride. Uh, So I guess we'll just leave it at this. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And catch us again when our next podcast drops on Wednesday morning with season three, episode one. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.